Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. Here we are. Another week, another list of books to talk about. I've been reading. I surprise, have surprise. not been reading a lot. It has my dropped a bit. Is, yeah, my life is like overcoming. Do you want to know the truth? Yes. I am four books behind schedule for my goal. Don't get stressed. I'm really not. Okay, good. Because you have enough stress. Yeah. Sarah's doing PTA right now, and this is the busy <sighs> season for PTA. Yeah, it's a lot. Jamie's starting her new job. I'm teaching kindergarten, which I haven't done in 12 years. She's going to be and amazing. This is Lovely busy kids. season for teachers. Um, we start next week. So this Although week is Jamie crazy. seems to still be able to read. And well, Sarah cannot <laughs> figure out how to figure fit it into my life. It's slowed down dramatically. Um, however, I am still on schedule. You're ahead of schedule. I am ahead still. Lucky you. But I'm not. um, I have full Which is good because at this point I'm back. Yeah. I'll I'll make my goal this year. Yeah. It's good that I'm a little ahead right now because it is slowing down. Right. So. Right. Um, other things going on in our lives. Life is Life. fun and busy and that crazy. We had to do things besides read. Right. Lame. Right. Lame. If someone would just pay me to read, I I'll would apply be for a that billionaire. Job. Tell me <laughs> where to send my application. How do we do that? I will read for you and but tell you about it. I have been looking forward to the fun fact. Okay. Because. This is an author that I felt like I already knew, and yet still, I'm finding out new things, which is so fun. I love it. Well, this part, my fun fact today. So Ellen Hildebrand, um, we talked last time about how she thought this was going to be her last book, and thank goodness it's not. Um, (laughs) But she is coming to an end. And when I read this next part of the interview that talks about how crazy um, her schedule is, I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. So um, she she talks about how people have no idea what goes into creating a novel. And I think we've kind of talked about this before, that she really has three jobs. She has writing. Mm-hmm. She has branding. Like, ah. all the stuff that goes with doing her Instagram posts, doing interviews, doing publication, like all of that. And then she is this, she's a single parent and has three kids. So that is another full-time job she's throwing in there. Um, Amazing. Right? Her youngest is 15 and so can't drive yet. So there's all of that of driving a child around, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote her first five books with three kids under the age of six. Wow. What? When my kids, time? I had three kids under the age of six as well at one point. I think you had more. Oh, I did. You had four? I had four under five. Under five. Ooh. I did nothing else. Yeah, neither did I. I did not accomplish. I took care of children. My children survived, and right. I survived. I would say. But we both survived. Good on her. That's amazing. Anyway, she talks about her schedule, which I just, I look at this and I think, you're amazing. She's an early riser. So she writes between the hours of five and seven. That's when her day starts. So she gets up. Five to seven, she writes. She doesn't have a word count goal. Just get something on the page. Okay. So for two hours. Then she stops, gets kids off, does the school thing. She exercises and then goes into the office at 11. So she has a little, I wouldn't say a break, because she's doing other things and getting 
her other things done, but then she worked from 11 to six and it's writing, it's social media posts. She responds to fans on social media, um, marketing things, interviews, all the things. Wow. All day. Wow. That is her schedule. That's a That's lot. That's heavy. That is. 5 a.m. I don't love that hour of the day. I don't either. I am sleeping during that hour. So I actually love that hour of day. I don't love I'm being sleeping. awake in that hour of the day. <laughs> I can't, like, I set my alarm for six. That's a good early hour. Which too. I have to be out of bed by 6 30. Okay. I set it, I set an alarm at six and one at 6 30. Because I need that half hour to prepare my brain to, to get up by 6.30. And then maybe it's more like 6.45 before I actually get out of bed. It's hard to get up when mm. you're feeling good in your cozy bed. I am a very slow to get up person. I'm not like I that. I can't imagine getting up and being ready to write at 5. That doesn't Just mean like she's waking up at 5. Ready to go. She has to get up. At four thirty. I don't maybe she gets up at five and is just like walks on down. I'm just gonna start writing right now. I bet she does, because that's crazy pants. I am one who like I don't want to hear I want to get my best sleep for as long as I can. So I will be like how I will calculate the minutes it takes me to get ready. And it's like I need forty two minutes to be out the door ready. So I'm going to sleep until six twenty seven. And then I have to get out. And that alarm will go off at that minute and I will get up right then. Because I've waited till the last minute. That's, I will too. I know exactly. But I don't want to be interrupted at like six o'clock <laughs> when I don't have to wake up right. until I whatever. even schedule like when my alarm goes off at 6 a.m. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got another alarm at 6.30. I put into Google Maps the location I'm going. It's the same location every day. <laughs> it didn't used to be. Last year, it was different every day. Sure. But I just kind of want to reassure myself, okay, it'll take 13 minutes today to get to work. Calculate <laughs> that into how I can sleep for six more minutes. I past have six more minutes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. I, I love my bed. I love my bed. I love my bed. I love my blankets. I, I love know. sleep. I, I love even, so, so Steve is, my husband is like, Make the bed. Like you get up and you make the bed. And I'm like, why would you make it? Because I, it's calling to me when it's not made. Like it's saying, Sarah, come come, come hop back in. And if I have a minute later, I, I will go hop back into that cozy bed that's calling my name. Sarah, I'm waiting yeah. for you. And Steve is like, that is ridiculous. So he'll come home sometimes and I haven't made the bed because I want to use the bed. And I love right. the look of it waiting for me to get Ready. in. Ready, like... So inviting. Yes. I'm here for you. Yeah. And so I might climb in and he'll be like, why isn't the bed made? I'm like, come and climb in. Don't you want to get cozy? It's just Let's great. be cozy in yeah. our bed. And he's just, it's disgusting no. to him. See, yeah. He doesn't understand. No. My no. love for a cozy, unmade, waiting for me bed. To just take, if I have 15 minutes? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to cuddle with my blanket. Look, and in it's my bed just like, and take my 15 feels minutes. so good. Yes, I'm the same way. I want to be in my covers, not right. on top of my bed. No, that is so uninviting. Yes. It's very pretty. I want to be in my cozy. Yes. I'm with you. Okay. Because that's where I want to read. That's where I want to yeah, do Yeah, exactly. So. Okay, tangent done. Okay. Over. I'm very impressed by Ellen Hildebrand's work ethic. Yeah. 
Right. That's, that's how why. she does two books a year. And she's that's written amazing. 27 books. That's amazing. That's how she gets it done. Wow. And Hats that off. is why she deserves to be able to say, I'm done. I'm done. But then what's she going to do? What are you going to do when you she's have that kind of work, like, that, work ethic? I think you I'll write another book. You don't just go hang, or hang out. Right. Maybe she'll hmm. sleep in. I want that for her. I do want sleep that Sleep in, Ellen. Maybe take a while to write a book rather than feeling the need to like. Pump out two a year. Yeah. Like slow down. Maybe give us one every couple of years. There you go. I'll allow it. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ellen, call us. I'll We've be your got life coach. Good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to full retire like a soft retire. Just chill. I'll teach you how to relax in bed till seven. <laughs> it's easy. Oh, but today. Okay. Today is what's on your shelf, Jamie. Here we go. What's on your shelf? Oh my gosh. American Sherlock. Ooh. I haven't heard of this one. This is. American Sherlock, Murder Forensics, and the Birth of American CSI. Wow. Crime Scene Investigation. This is like a really big thing, actually. And I never considered that it started somewhere. It did. And this is, um, I love this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. I read the, it's fun. the FBI one over the summer, too, or the beginning of the FBI. was at the Osage. Anyway, who knows? Well. Go back to that episode. It's somewhere. Um, but this is how crime scene investigations started. Wow. Like, and the, how it, how it has evolved since then and what they used to go into a crime scene and look at and say, well, this means, um, that this person was hit on the head and here's the splatter marks. And so it had to have been this. Oh. And now yeah. they've gone and said, actually, at the time, that was our best thought. But since then, we've learned this, this, and this. So it's just the history of, okay, we had experts. Well, come to find out what made them an expert. Like, there was no certification of an expert. Like, so they use, like, fingerprinting and blood splatter investigation and, like, all these different things um, using an eyewitness Using like all these things, and now, like, it sounds good at the time, and that was the best we had. But now, when we look scientifically at it and we look at getting actual results back of how often they're right, yeah. a lot of people were imprisoned that were innocent, and how come? And so, anyway, yeah. all the things super, super interesting. Kate Winkler Dawson is the author, and she also has um, a podcast. Oh. Um, called Tenfold More Wicked, which is fantastic if you like true crime. And um, fantastic. Great book. I gave it four stars. Awesome. Super interesting if you like true crime. So have you read her other book, Death in the Air? The True Story of a Serial Killer? I have not. It sounds like it's and right it, up your alley. Yes. She is right up my alley. She is super smart and... I gave it four stars. Awesome. She's awesome. Um, I highly recommend it. And I highly recommend her podcast. That's very cool. When you're done listening to ours, hop on over to hers. True crime, baby. Yep. Very popular. Okay. The first one on my list is Secret Daughter by Shilpi Samaya Gouda. I'm sure I totally that butchered that. was well pronounced. I don't know Because I it believe was. it. But... It 
Tell me the title again. Secret I focused on Daughter. Secret Daughter. Okay. Um, it's been around. This isn't a new book. I think it came out like in 2010. Okay. So it's been around it. for a while. It's been on my list more recently. So I wasn't aware of it until, until recently. recently. Okay. Um, but I listened to this. This the plot. It's about this woman who is American. She marries a man from India. They meet in medical school. So they're both becoming doctors and they are starting their family. And it's just like two cultures that are very, very different. How they handle that when they get married, Mm -hmm. then she can't have babies. She's unable to get pregnant or at least have a baby. Yeah. And they decide to adopt an Indian child from India. Okay. So they're here in America. They stay in America, in America when America. they get married. Okay. And so there's lots. Of, and so then you follow this baby in India and you get to see her parents, why they choose to give her up. And oh. then she comes and she's not told much about her heritage. And so when she becomes an adult, she wants to know. And so she goes back to okay. find out where she's from and to learn about this Indian heritage and how that affects her mother, her her adoptive parents, mm-hmm. the way they both handle that choice and um, that whole road. So it's, it's really from like birth till the, you know, adulthood and like their life story. Right. It's a long sweeping story. And like, I learned so much about India that I was not aware of mm-hmm. and um, you know, how they, what they did with their female Babies, they didn't keep them, mm. so they did. They either gave them for adoption or they would kill them. Ugh. It's devastating. It was a time. It's I don't know that that's happening now. This was but I think at the time, yeah. And at the time when the book takes place, like I think it really did happen, and it's devastating. It's a real part of history, so it's really good. It was eye opening for me. I love learning about like new. Um, cultures that I'm unaware of and the way that people handle their cultures and and see their their themselves. I don't know. I think it's so fascinating and I love that. I gave it three stars. I liked it. Excellent. That sounds good. It was good. Also to have like a adoption story in there and yep. finding your roots and I love that. Yeah. It was good. To see I could to see what her adoptive parents have added to her and then what connecting with her birth culture does I yeah. love learning about that? I so. agree, and it it I, I don't want to spoil anything because it is a fun story, and it all kind of ties together. And so I feel like if I gave away one part, I might spoil mm-hmm. another. But it is I feel like the way she viewed her culture and viewed herself because she felt different mm-hmm. was very interesting, and the way that her mother viewed her culture and the way that that made like her adoptive mother feel about herself. That was really interesting to me, you know, because Mm -hmm. it affects like you look different than your child. Anyway, it was interesting. It was, it was a fun look at adoption and culture. I love it. Okay. I'll add that one to my list. Um, My next book is the the patron saint of liars by Ann Patchett. I don't know this one either. So Ann Patchett wrote the Dutch house. Okay. So same author there. And this is the book that really jump started her career. It just like kind of launched it. Okay. So 
um, put her on the map as an author. It is about a woman um, who is finds who ends up in a home for unwed mothers. Oh, however, she is not unwed. She was married and uh, a bit not unhappy, but not happy. Okay. Just kind of like, why am I not happy? Why? Like she didn't feel like she had a good reason to be unhappy. Exactly. Okay. Just like, what is, what's going on here? And I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. She loved her husband. He was a great guy. Nothing wrong with their marriage. Just hmm. questioned where, what was she doing? And um, one thing that brought her happiness was driving. She would just go on these drives and just drive. That was calm and peace to her. So she just drive and drive and drive. Well, she um, discovers she's pregnant and doesn't want it. Oh. Doesn't want to tell her husband that she's pregnant. Doesn't, it just isn't sure that this is what she wants. Okay. And doesn't know, like, do I have a choice in this? If I tell my husband, then I'm here and I can't. So she, um, leaves and goes very far away, goes on this really long road trip to a place she found out about from her priest that she confided in. And just takes off while her husband's at work one day and leaves her family, like her parents. Okay. And is just gone. And she shows up at the doorstep of this um, home for unwed mothers, uh, St. Elizabeth's in Kentucky. And oh. she's from California. So she is far, far, far from home. Yeah. And she just shows up and is like, I'm here. She kind of throws a story that, you know. Okay. I'm my husband was killed in a car accident, blah, blah, blah. Not the truth. Husband has no idea where she is. So she's in this home and um, she kind of, it's very odd and scary at first. And then she kind of ends up liking it there. She learns to cook. There's all these chores. There's all these other girls and there's all these rules for like, you know, the things you do when you're one month pregnant. And then when you're two month pregnant, like the expectations change, your jobs change, everything just kind of, there's an order to things. And she finds herself really liking this order and the systematic part of it. Um, So while she's here, she shows up there um, very early on in her pregnancy. So she's not showing yet. Most of the girls there stay in their communities until they can't. And so once they get there, they're showing they can't hide it anymore. And this Mm. is a secret, like, they've been sent off to see an aunt or to help a sick aunt. And then they'll give birth, the babies will be taken away, put up for adoption, and then they go back and pretend nothing ever happened that they were not actually pregnant. pregnant. Yeah, that they did nothing wrong. Right. Right. And so she becomes friends with people, you know, these women who are going through this and um, you hear kind of their stories and stuff, and she decides she doesn't want to give up her baby. She decides she wants to keep her baby and to stay at the home. So she figures out a way to do that, and she's going to stay there and create a life for her and her daughter there. But she's left her husband. Mm-hmm. He has no idea Aww. that she's even pregnant. So, so it kind of goes through the life, and it goes through her daughter being born. It goes through other women who have come to the house and the nuns that are at the house running it 
and and kind of their lives. The daughter it goes through the daughter growing up to her teenage years and just their the day in and day out and um what what she knows of her mom, what she hasn't been told of her like the secrecy and their relationship and and where that leads and it is so it's so well written. Okay. Beautiful writing. Interesting story. Sad like you just want to help her and and I just felt so bad for this dad that never knew he had a daughter. Like there's nothing like really it really sad. was not nice of her to just no. run and take that away from him. However, just good, just well written. Excellent, excellent story. Um Awesome. Yeah. I totally want to read that. Four stars from me. Awesome. It was that good. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah, I think you'd like it. Right up my alley. Yep. Cool. Go for it. Okay. The next one that I w- want to talk about is When Breath Becomes Air. I love this book. This is a good this one. This is a really interesting book. This has been on my list for a super long time, but mm-hmm. it's always had the longest wait. Yes. And so I've it's super popular. put it off and put it off and put it off. And finally I was like, oh, you know what? Why do I still have that on my shelf? Let's get it off. And so I finally got put it on hold and got it. And mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly, it's not too long. It isn't very long. It's actually a pretty quick read. Right. Yeah. It's only... 200 pages, but it's very much an easy read. Like, yes. I don't think I even understood. I just remember someone recommending it to me. I don't mm-hmm. even think I knew what it was okay. when I had it on my list. It was, I just heard a lot of people talking about it, and so I added it. Um, And so in case you don't know, it has been around for a long time. It was published in 2016. Um, and that actually might even be like a republish. I'd have to look because I know that they've added a forward and people have put okay yeah. like things to it. I don't remember. It's but yeah. it's a the story of a man who is a neurosurgeon mm-hmm. and um, he's faced with a terminal cancer diagnosis, and so he starts to question like what is the purpose of life? What makes life worth living? And he looks at it from a scientific point of view, and he just kind of walks you through his experiences and his how he's from a from young person who was very gifted and promising future ahead of him, mm-hmm. and how he accomplished school, his relationship with his wife, and how he navigates these things, and then now he has this diagnosis, and how does he want to? live his life now. Right. Knowing that he's going to die. Right. It's so interesting to get that perspective of a doctor who's been on the other side telling a patient. Yes. Their diagnosis that is hard to take. And then he is that patient. Yeah. And the realization and so you of. Know. Right. Right. Yes. The, it makes it human for him. Like mm-hmm. he thought he was before. Oh, but then yes. being on the other side, it was like, oh, th- this is... I have no idea what I'm doing to these people. Right. Their life totally just plummet. Yeah. And it's your everyday job. A, like that's... I know they don't give those diagnoses every day, but still, yes, that is a heavy job. It's something job. that you have to do yeah. on a 
mm-hmm. somewhat regular basis. Like you are giving that diagnosis to people. Yes. It's so it's so eye opening. It was I really liked it. It was obviously I gave it five stars. I loved it. I thought because it was such a quick read. I think it's only a few hours to listen to, like maybe four hours mm-hmm. to listen to. So I got to listen to it in one day and I just did it start to finish. And it's just one of those that you do. You sit and contemplate like, what am I doing that's worthwhile? And Am I spending my time the way I want to? Not that it, like, maybe the way I want to is exactly what I'm doing. But am I? Right. Right. Because you just don't know. You don't know when things can change for you. And so, you know, just keeping that in mind. The perspective. Our perspective. Right. Really can play a huge part in, I don't know, our happiness in our lives. Our satisfaction with our lives, maybe. Being content with our lives. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it was good. I really liked it. Five stars. Yeah, I liked that one as well. I don't remember. It's one. It's definitely one that like everyone would get something out of. Yeah. You're going to walk away like never regretting You know, there's this book. part of me listening to it like, I know the premise. I know he had the diagnosis and he was going to die. But then I'm like, don't oh, die. but then there's this research study that comes along and he figures out this. Like, You want that so I badly. I want that for him so ba- Yeah. Totally. I agree. Yeah. I, I won't spoil but it, it was, for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thanks. Okay. Um, my last one. Right? Okay. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Next one for me. The Logger Queen of Minnesota. What? That's cute. By J. Ryan Straddle. And this is an armchair traveler book for Minnesota. Yes. Because it's in the title. I was like, oh, I better look up what state it's from. Right? And then I looked again. I'm like, oh, silly me. Oh. The Logger Queen of Minnesota. So oh. this is my Minnesota book. So cute. I loved it. Fantastic. So fun. Good story. What is it about? So I gave it four stars. It is about a family with these like growing up in Minnesota, two sisters parents have a farm and the two sisters are just complete opposites and they take different roads in life. And um, the one sister is just obsessed with beer. Okay. She tastes her first beer in her teenage years and she just loves it and can't wait to have another one. And when she's 16, that's what she asks for, for her 16th birthday is for a beer. And her mom's like, um, no, you are not old enough. That's ridiculous. Anyway, she's just kind of, and she's super smart. She's the first one in the family to go to college. I believe I'm saying that correctly, or she goes to college. Her parents didn't. And she decides to study chemistry and she is going to learn how to brew beer. Oh my gosh. Yep. This is her fascination in life. And she does it and starts her own That's brewery. Awesome. Well, the two sisters, it's Helen and Edith, go into they have a a blowout oh. of if you will, and they grow up not knowing each other, not having any contact with each other. Oh. And Helen is widely successful with this, and Edith has a pretty rough hard life. And so it goes back and forth between Edith's story and Helen's story. And um, just the comparison between how 
two sisters from the same family have wildly different life experiences. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. I love that it's a, a woman. Yes. Who wants to brew beer. Like this is crazy. <laughs> and I am not a beer drinker. Yes. I know nothing about it. And they're talking about like the head on the beer. It had a good head and you use this kind of hops and this kind of, right. I don't know the terminology, but it, there's, you have to go into chemistry to know how to brew beer. Okay. Like this is serious it's stuff. Intense. Yes. And then it also talks about like, um, how beers viewed at the time and how many breweries there are. And in this, in the dust bowl, you know, that it hits that time period a little bit where things are hard and you're trying to keep a brewery up and successful during the time. Anyway, all these different things for through the time periods of how hard it is um, for breweries in the country at that time, or they're widely successful at this time. And so a little bit of the economics of that there, but um, just a great story. Just fun, different, very different. I I want to listen to this. Yeah. Brewery. It's making beer. Um, this hey. is just so different. And it was good. I really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars. I recommend it. I love it. Yeah. It's on my list now. Okay. Let me know what you think. Well done. Thanks. All right, the last one for me yes. to talk about today is Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Bouley. Bouley? Bowley? I, I don't, don't know. know how to say it. I just read this one too last month. Did you? I did. I loved it so much. I really liked it. I found I it was surprised. very interesting. Okay, so the premise of this book is it's about this girl who is half Native American half white yes so her mother is white her father is native american mm-hmm. and she kind of has to navigate not really being fully in either world not fully being accepted in either one no. either no. like like her grandparents her mother is white and her grand her parent her mother's parents would never accept like her father's People. They do not like right. the Native Americans. They are they very prejudiced about them. Yeah. But they traditions. love her. Yes. So they treat her very well. But they wouldn't allow his name to be on the birth certificate. You know, little things like that. Um, on the other hand, he made some bad decisions. Also got another girl pregnant during the same time. And ended up marrying that woman. Mm-hmm. And so she's got a brother who is only a few months younger, younger than right? her. Yes, or, younger, yeah. just a little bit younger though, not much. Yes, they got it. It happened very closely. So, um, anyway, so she's not fully accepted into the tribe either because his name is not on her birth certificate. So there's, it's right. like everyone knows. Which I found that very interesting. Like to be in the tribe and to get certain benefits of tribal. I didn't know yes. all this stuff. I didn't like either. The certificate, the approval process, the politics. Because there are benefits and perks that come with being a tribal member. Right. But then there's also issue. She has issues with taking advantage of those perks. Right. Right. She's, she, yes. And she like just it, wants to be accepted 
because that's who she is, not because right. she's trying to get anything. Exactly. She doesn't want to be looked at as taking advantage of she those just things. It yeah. is who she is. It's and like, just, why can't they just accept her? Yes. It's yes. frustrating for her. And so she kind of on principle drags her feet a little bit about. About getting that. Gaining that full membership. Right. It's interesting. In the meantime, she's got this whole life going on that you learn about. Um, but on her tribe, there is some meth use happening and some drug use that's that's taking over members of the tribe. And mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking for her. And she it hits close to home. And a dear friend of hers gets killed because another friend is high on meth. And mm-hmm. so she ends up getting becoming involved in a like FBI investigation looking for the roots of this meth. Yes. And she becomes a CI. And so it's her own investigation into her people on what is infecting her people and how it's getting there and who is spreading it and how to get rid of it because she knows it's right. hurting her people. It's hurt. Yes. And it's so, it was so interesting to me. I thought it was so well written. I loved the way it was written. I've learned so much. I did, I kind of had some guesses on how it was all going to, but I ultimately did not see how it was all like the web. Yeah. I did not see the whole web. I, I had some suspicions on certain people, but I didn't see how it was all going to come together. It was very surprising to me. And I just really liked it. I liked the way that the Native American people like connect with the earth and connect with like yeah, their the spiritual traditions selves. and the things they would do. Yes. Like because of this, we do this for so long. And it was, it's beautiful. Like self-control and yeah. sacrifice. And I loved how it made them like better people, but how they, even though they have this beautiful culture that makes them such neat individuals, they're still like, um, what's the word? They can still succumb to, like, the outside world, right? Like, they can right. still, to their own savage, I don't know, it's not savage, it's more the, our in, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, our... The temptations. Temptations, the, yes, that are all around us. The things we give us. into, even though, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I, I'm thinking. Right? So anyway, I can see exactly just, what you're saying with yes, that. Yes, like we you can't ever be fully even with this this protection that you believe in and you give yourself to you you still can't fully be free right. from these outside things. Those outside forces that the, can take over you and yeah. make, you know, affect you in such a horrible way. We're still human. Yes. We still have weaknesses. We are mortal But it made me that, go, like, look at this beautiful culture you have. Like, yeah. live it and you will be so free. Right, right. Anyway, I, th- I thought it was beautiful. And I, I loved the way it was. I loved the story. And so I gave it five stars. Ooh, you I loved really it. loved it. I really I did. Gave I it needed four stars. a good story. Yeah. I gave it four stars. I think w- without – I don't want to spoil anything. There was one aspect of it that I was like, uh – but for but all the rest, yeah, I loved. I loved finding. I loved learning about the culture. Yeah, it was so well done. Yeah, that part of it yep. was so beautifully done. Okay, so awesome! So many good books. Ah, uh, let's keep read. reading. I know. Let's read more. I'm in. <laughs> Me too.
What a good day. Thank you for listening. Thanks can, for being here. Right? Please rate, subscribe. We love hearing from you. Find yes, us on share. Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, tell your friends. Please. It's so helpful for us. Yeah. Thank you to Amphibia Sue for our music. Yeah. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your book club. club.